She's 87 years old, still drives, is a fan of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and she wrote a book. Granny June is here. Stay tuned. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Welcome to Book Circle Online. I'm your host, Fern Ronay, and it is my great honor to have the author, June Flory, the author of My Italian Family, Life in the Past Lane. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Wonderful congr- to be here. Oh, thank you, and congratulations. Oh, thank you. I loved it. I felt like when I was reading it, I felt like my grandparents were in the room. Oh. I felt like I was hearing stories from... You That's know, in great. person. It was so wonderful. Oh, good. Congratulations. A lot of Thank you. And what a gift to your family. I was also thinking, you know, I wish my grandparents had the skills and the wherewithal to write their own story, to have done this. Yes. What a gift to your family, to your yeah. children that was and your grandchildren. Main, that was the main reason I wanted yeah. to get it down in print. Thank God you did. I had all, have all these memories of when I grew up. And it was always my dream to write a book. And finally, uh, I decided that this was the time. Nice. And I got a computer because I couldn't do it on a typewriter. That's right. old hat. Right, so I right. got a computer, and I love it because I can make corrections as I go along. So do you use, um, like, a Word program? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What kind, is it a laptop? Yes. Nice. Yeah. And I write it out, and I, then I print it. And I have them all, you know, saved. And uh, so, yeah, it's always been one of my dreams to write. And, of course, these are personal things. Uh, You can go on Ancestry, but you don't get this personal thing. Right, exactly. All these little incidents, little customs that happen in the family. Yes. And so that's what I wanted to get down. And uh, I did a great job. I think it took me about a year I wrote one chapter a week, and I went to, uh, I found out just about that time about a writing class at the senior center. So that really inspired me to keep going. I wrote a chapter every week, and I brought it to class, and we, you know, I would read it to the class. There's only four or five of us in the class. The teacher was wonderful. No stress, nothing like that. And then they would critique it, and she would like kind of edit it a little bit, maybe with the pronunciation or maybe maybe change a sentence a little bit. So then, you know, I would go back and correct it. So it took me about a year to write the, the book. But I'm so glad that I did. And uh, and do your children and grandchildren love it? Oh, yeah. I wrote it for the ch- my yeah. children, grandchildren, my nieces and nephews. And so far, I've gotten great uh, feedback yeah, on it. Yeah, it's wonderful. So I would be, we're going to delve into it, but I would be remiss if I did not mention that uh, you, if you know, if listeners think that June sounds familiar, that would be because you are Granny June. Yeah. Frequent call-in contributor <laughs> to our Real Housewives of Beverly Hills after show and grandmother yes. to our beloved after Buzz host Grant Rudder. So yes, yeah. I was familiar with you, of course, before this. So yeah. when I heard that you wrote this book and, and I that do it was the called podcast. My Italian Family, I do a podcast yes. with Grant too. Yes, you've been on Grant's yeah. Rants, yeah, and he's done, done the um, you know the Grant's Rants in the car, those videos on YouTube. Yes, which I yes. Love. But yes, you've been on his Grant's Rants <laughs> podcast, which yeah, is excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
We're exactly 60 years apart. Yes. So you were born <laughs> June 19th, yep. 1929. And he was born June 20th. It's amazing. Just a few hours difference in the day. And it's so interesting because you were on the day you were born, your grandmother died. Yes. Yes. Your, your mother's mother. Yes. So that must have been a hard day for her. Did she ever talk about it? <sighs> Not too much. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, it was a known fact. Yeah, and she was Francesca and you're yes. June Francis. Yes. So you always felt a connection yeah, I, to her, which is nice. I, 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 um, her. I wish that my name was Francesca. I like that yeah. better than Francesca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> better than June? Yeah. So no, it was either yeah. June or Rose, right? Oh, yeah, it was either June or Rose. <laughs> the day that I guess my mother was in labor was a very hot June day. And all, we had a big yard next to our house. And the whole perimeter of the yard had all different colored roses. My father loved gardening yeah. and stuff. So every pole had a different rose on it, red, yellow, pink, whatever. And they were all in bloom. Nice. So uh, I guess my mother was in labor for quite a while until the late afternoon. And uh, so my three sisters that were much older mm-hmm. than I was, they, they wanted to name me Rose. It was a toss-up. But I'm glad but it, June they picked June. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not that crazy about June either. Yeah. But, oh, I yeah. love it. Do it's you? perfect. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's how Manny it happened. June. And you're Junebug June on yeah, Junebug1929 June yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. So you, on um, the day you were born, you said, well, you were born in 1929, and your mother referred to you as the mistake, as a joke. <laughs> but it, your sisters, you know, the youngest of the three older sisters yeah. was 11 years older than right, you. Right, right. Yeah. So there was, so you were a surprise, for yeah. sure. <laughs> she, she used to call me the mistake. And I just wrote another part for the second book about how, when it came time in September for us to go shopping for clothes for school, uh, I didn't have a lot of clothes, I had maybe a couple of dresses for during the week that would be washed and ironed, you know, for school, and then one good one for maybe the weekend or holidays. And uh, but most of the time when we went shopping, it was for underwear, which was <laughs> <laughs> but not very interesting. Right. <laughs> but anyway, we would go shopping, and she would have to write down like how many pairs of underpants I needed at such and such a price, and how many uh, how many slips, how many uh, shirts, and everything. And she'd have to write down the price. So organized, uh, you know, approximately. Right. So then my father would give her the amount of money that. Wow, they're so organized. God forbid if she ever if it went over. If, yeah. <laughs> I was minus two underpants right. or one vest. They'd be or like the mistake did but it again. When we would go shopping, invariably she'd meet somebody that she knew, and she'd love to have a conversation with them because she didn't see them that often. And you know, I'd just be standing there, kind of on the sideline. But she always would say, "And this is the mistake." <laughs> but look at how well it oh, turned yes, out. Exactly. <laughs> and they would kind of look at. Me kind of like you know a little bit sad, but they're not knowing quite what to do. Right. Well, <laughs> it all turned to, out I used well. To hate that. <laughs> well, look at you now. No, yeah. they were very proud of you, as they uh, as they should be. It sounds like, and yeah. you came at a, a good time for them because before that, you know, your father he worked in construction. He was a builder. Yes. And um and there were some hard years for your three older sisters and there for were. them. And the story I couldn't get over was when your father your father worked in with his father 
Yeah. Um, and who was also a builder. And yes. he came home one day. There had been a falling out. Yeah. You still don't know what, I what don't was know the root what of it. it. I don't no know. No cousin ever, like no I one ever mentioned know. it, right? I don't know what it was. But it was bad enough that he just kind of collapsed on the yes. floor. And from then on, he had to go into business for himself. Yes. He ended up doing very well. But, yeah. but it was so stressful and upsetting for your mother. And she was nursing your oldest sister at the time. And, and you know, it's so it's amazing how times have changed so much. But... A mother's love never changes. So she That's was right. The baby, they said, was being poisoned by her. Right. And the doctor yes. said, well, focus on your other two kids. Exactly. But she wouldn't give up. No, she didn't give up. She tried giving like a little spoon of milk at a time, a little bit at a time, and then maybe a little bit of, you know, food, cereal or whatever, until finally her stomach could accept the food and. And she, it worked. She grew up to be a yeah. very healthy person. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing, though, how different times were and how sad. Like, the stress. Oh. I really believe that. The stress probably, she couldn't feed her anymore. Some, it wasn't working. or that no, she couldn't, I know. She, they, like, the family lore is that she was poisoning the I, baby. I know. Well, the thing was, in those days, uh, I hate to say it, but children's death was quite... Common. A prominent, it was a common thing. Yeah, on both sides of your face. Yeah, yeah and, I and mean, you a lot, of, that, a lot yeah. of women lost their children very young, but, you know, it was just, well, yeah, and then you, you know, just what can on, you do right? about it? And then you have another one, you know. Right. But uh, my grandmother, uh, that I told you, she, uh, as I said in the book, she married a man with three children, not yes. knowing it. And right, so her father kind of tricked her into oh, marrying yeah, this he man. did, yeah. And, um, you know, I guess her father was kind of a, well, he thought he had a lot of money. He, he, he really didn't. So he had spent or gambled away his money. So when it came time for my grandmother to be married, he didn't have a dowry mm-hmm. for her. So he made an arrangement with this man mm-hmm. who was looking for somebody to take care of his children because his wife had died of childbirth with the third one. So he made arrangements to have her marry this man, and she didn't know it. It's so sad. So she, she married him, and then she, he presents her with these three children the next day. Right. That would never happen today. Right, no. <laughs> but in those, days, in those days. That's just how it was, right? Once, once a woman married a man and maybe mm-hmm. consummated the marriage, that was it. Right. That was Nobody it. else would want her. And she ended up having 11 more uh, she, kids. Yes. And she lost three of them. She right? lost in, three Leonora of them. In yep, three Leonoras in a row. It's so sad to me. Um, yeah. But she was eventually able to, they came, they were here. Yes. Um, and your mother was born here. Yes. And they, um, I like that, you know, at night she would kind of do handwork by the fire and, and yeah. they would just tell stories. And yes. it was all, a lot of the sons grew up. Um, to be musicians and artists, yes. which I think is where you probably get it from. Yeah, there were creative. Yes, there, gene. in in my mother's family and also in my father's family, very creative people. Um, I think it's were, genetic. Yeah, yeah. It, there was artists and musicians, and um, two two of her brothers were musicians. One of them were uh, played with all the uh, big symphony band orchestras. And the other one taught music in the school system mm-hmm. and composed. And uh, that's another story that I didn't write in the first book, 
how I used to go to my uncle's to take piano lessons. Oh, in addition <laughs> to tap dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your sister I, used, you too. <laughs> I, used, I used to take two, two trolley cars and have to walk about a half a mile to get to his house every Saturday morning. And the poor man, I think he was so tired at the end of the week <laughs> that he would sit there and kind of doze off while I was taking my lessons. But anyway, that's, that's another story yeah. I forgot to put in the second yeah, book. <laughs> Anyway. Did your sisters also take piano, or did they get my older sister did? Yeah, yeah, because they yeah. seem to all end up in creative. Yes, well, my sister Cora was an too. artist, a mm-hmm. very good artist. As I said, she drew all those beautiful illustrations mm-hmm. for the paper, and <clears throat> I'm so happy because uh, I sent two of the stories to the journal, and they actually printed them. Nice. Yeah, and. Uh, and when I look at that page uh, where everybody writes things under my turn, that's what it's called, my turn. It's on the commentary page. Uh, it's all people that are like CEOs of companies, <laughs> presidents of n- different uh, newspapers, and people with very high educations. Right. And I'm thinking, gee, little old me got my... Yes. My article on the same page as they yes, did. Yes, of course. And I, I'm so happy that I got that wonderful feedback in the yeah. letter to, uh, yesterday. Yeah, someone wrote to your yeah. editor, right? I've, I've received letters from people, uh, telephone calls from people telling me how much they enjoyed the book. Yeah, because these stories are getting lost. And yeah. like my grandparents, they did, I'm writing down, you know, whatever I can remember that they told me, but I wish yes. they had done it. Yeah. yeah. But That's I don't know if anybody has as many stories as you. <laughs> I always have a story. <laughs> I love it. Always stories. In fact, I have a whole bunch of stories that I've written recently that I call Mental Snapshots. They're going to be in the second book, along with some of the other memories that I forgot to put in this one. Oh, good. Good, yeah, good. I'm yeah. very happy. I really enjoyed writing the book. It was a labor of love. Yeah. And uh, something I always wanted to do, so I found my ambition and did it. It's wonderful. So yeah. you're, speaking of grandparents, so your paternal grandmother you did know. I she knew lived her. nearby. Yes. And because, you know, so we're talking about there's so many children um, so then, of course, there's so many grandchildren. So you yeah. only remember one instance of when you had one-on-one time with her. Yeah. And I love that story. You kind of yeah. were, like, telling her, I have a surprise for yeah. you. <laughs> so I'll she, never forget that yeah. day. She used to come down and stay with us. We, we would rent a house at the beach for a couple of weeks, and she would always come down and stay for a few days. And I was kind of a silly kid, you know? I <laughs> I was always, like, laughing and playing jokes on people (laughs) and stuff. And so this one day I said, oh, Grandma, I've got a great surprise for you. And I remember taking her hand, and, of course, she went right along with it. You know, oh, you know, what is this surprise? Oh, I can't wait to see. And I'm giggling all the way, you know, thinking (laughs) I'm putting it over on her. (laughs) But anyway, I took her down this path, and we came to this very nice lake. And she, oh, she acted as though it was the best surprise we ever (laughs) could have. Yeah, that was nice. It's nice. And I found that that. one picture, that one picture where she's standing in back of me at the beach with her hands on. Yes. my shoulder. Yeah. So yeah. how many grandchildren did you ever end up counting? How many? She must have had. Oh, Because on both sides, they oh, had so gosh. many. Oh, gosh. It's, it's, it's I, I can't even keep track. There are, there are uh, cousins 
uh, that uh, I don't, I wouldn't even know. There's right. so many of us. Right. But uh, you had a lot of good time. I love yeah. the stories of um, all of your cousins and the things you used to do together oh, yeah. and go to Jericho beaches at the yes. name of it. Yeah. yeah. It's a, and it's amazing that you have those pictures too that I are know. in the book. Yeah, it's awesome. I saved all, I I saved all those old pictures. Yeah. I don't know why, but I did. Thank I saved them. Thank God you them. did. Yeah, I know it. I love the one of um, you had a, a bathing. Did they call them bathing suits then? I guess yeah. they did. Um, where Olga made you cut, like one <laughs> one <laughs> pants. You know, they're pants, yeah. but one side's so much shorter than the yeah. other. But you love them anyway. Yeah, yeah. So she had a. Yeah. It's amazing to me that they all. You know, Cora did the design. Yeah. Olga was, I guess, sewing, and she wanted to be a dancer. Oh, but back then, to. your father was ha- not having oh, it. Oh, he wouldn't think of it. He was very, very strict. Yeah. Um, he said only, right? So to them, back then, it was it was normal to say, you know, you can't be a dancer. Only girls with bad reputations are dancers. I know. It's true. And, you know, uh, when I, as I write this, I think of how far women have come mm-hmm. in the world, and it's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Because back then, they were really stymied, mm-hmm. you know. Right. They, they had to do what the parents thought was correct. Right. And it was amazing how he was so progressive in the sense that he wanted all of his daughters yes. to get an education. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, but something like that was certainly out of the question. I know. Um, yeah. But because, to fulfill her desire to dance she enrolled you in tap dancing oh yeah that was it yeah <laughs> she through me she got to the dance studio <laughs> so you were you were yeah. a little girl and every yep. saturday she would kind of make up a story like oh i have to take yeah, june yeah. To, you know downtown for something yeah if if he ever found out why we'd be in big trouble right but yeah we'd go downtown take the trolley down and uh go into the modernistic dance studio and um there was a, a wall with a glass, and you couldn't see them, but they could see you. And all the parents would go and sit in back of the glass while we did our lesson, and she'd be in back there moving her feet, <laughs> doing, the, doing the steps as we were doing in. them. And then and she cared more about it than I did. Yeah. I really didn't care that much about learning right. to tap dance, but it was fun, <laughs> you know. And uh, then we'd go home, and we'd go down into the basement, and before we forgot the routine, she would, you know, be there with, and, and she'd be so persistent, and, no, you didn't get it right, and you didn't put your foot down at the right time, and she'd be on and on. <laughs> and finally, after about an hour, my mother would call down and say, Olga, I think it's time to stop. <laughs> In later years, was she always the one that was dancing at weddings? <laughs> Yeah, she well, she yeah, she she and her husband would go dancing on the Aww. weekends. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, she got to fulfill her. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yep. I so, love the story of her shoes when she was oh, going to. Oh, that was another story. <laughs> oh, that was a terrible evening. Cousin Mary, right? Oh was it? gosh. Thank, was it Mary? thank God these people have passed on. Right, I, I couldn't write these things. That's a benefit of writing the book in your eighties. <laughs> yeah. Now you can tell the there, truth. There are some stories that I've written now that the people are still living, and oh. I kind of have to wait a little bit. Right, maybe. Give but it a um, few years. yeah, that was that was quite a traumatic night. So Olga oh. was going to a prom. She was very excited, and yes. your cousins came over, and Sal. Was, you know, he had a camera. He was a, yep. wanted to take pictures, yep. and he said, "Olga, put on your the prom dress that you're taking tomorrow night." And she, she put it on. She didn't want to because her hair wasn't set yet. I love that. Yep. And then she put on these fancy silver shoes. There's a picture of them. They're very <laughs> yeah. pretty. 
and she was so excited about them. Yeah. And then Mary's like, I want to try them yeah. on. Oh, God. Like I said, she she was frantic watching Mary <laughs> go all around the room all evening wearing those shoes. And then at the end of the night, oh, God. they and couldn't. She, she was worried because Mary had very big feet, and she had to kind of push them into the shoe. And she was afraid that they would be all, you know, out of shape. Right. But that wasn't the worst of it. <laughs> As we learn. Yeah, Mary, as I said, had very odiferous feet. (laughs) That was the perfect word. Oh, and Godfrey, she was frantic. We tried everything to get the smell out of those shoes. (laughs) It seemed to be embedded. And uh, we tried, as I said, Lysol spray and perfume. And then we tried to wash them out. It wouldn't, it just wouldn't leave. That's so funny. And it sounds, it just sounds and feels like you remember this like it was yesterday. Yeah, you I were do. a little girl. Yeah. So you're, yeah. your idea was like, let's put them outside and air them yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> we put them on the windowsill. Yes. And, uh, you know, she was in tears. Aww. And I kept saying, oh, you know, what can we do next? And <laughs> Anyway, she did wear them to the prom, like I said. And the odor was still there, but not as bad. And the fact that they were quite a f- distance from a nose right. <laughs> helped. <laughs> but, of course, as I said, my sister always w- bought shoes that were a little bit too small for her. Make her feet look small. <laughs> because she, she thought she had big feet, and she wanted to Aww. make them look smaller. <coughs> Excuse me. But anyway, she danced all night and came home with blisters in between <laughs> all her toes where the straps were. So it ended up fine. Like most yeah, things in life, yeah. right? We sent them off to the salvage, older and all. <laughs> so, is that a story that you that sh- you talked about through the years, or was it something you remembered later in life? Something I remembered later. Isn't that funny? It sounds like one of those stories that would be family lore, like you and Olga would kind of. We never talked about oh, it. It's so funny, but you know these things stood out so much in my mind that. I just couldn't forget them. Yeah, yeah. A lot of other important things maybe I've forgotten, but these certain things I've written about. Isn't it funny the things you remember? Well, lucky for (coughs) us you remembered them. The other other thing, you know, it's so amazing to me how over 88 years seeing all the things that have changed. And you grew up in a beautiful house with a pear tree. Yes. um, Obviously indoor plumbing. But then there was Uncle Ray's farm. Yeah. Which... Your sister got a you know a little cottage when her yes. son was young, and there was no indoor plumbing. And you so you used a chamber pot at night, an outhouse during the day, and your nephew Merle, his diapers were washed in the pond. So it yes. was like really pioneer times. It was. And you, I mean, that's something you would never forget. But the it, it's amazing to me that you um, you know that you had like even though it was the twentieth century. Yeah. It was, that's how it was at the cottage, and that's just what you yes, had to do, was, and it, you did it. It was in the middle of 99 acres. <clears throat> no telephone. No outside contact at all. Right. But she would stay there. My sister would stay With there. With her young son. And it's, it was also interesting how you said you didn't even think back then that no. she was like a sitting duck. But nowadays we would think, like, oh, my God. Like, As I can't said, leave I, I used to walk into the woods by myself. Go. There was a little... Um, cemetery up on the hill of the original people that lived there and I would walk up there and I guess at the time I was maybe maybe about 15 or 16 and I would walk up up the hill and go into that little cemetery 
and look at all the names, and then I would pick some wildflowers and put them there, and then I would go down and walk past the pond, and there was like a little path that went way up into the woods, and we would go up there and pick berries and stuff, but we never thought thought. of, of... anything happening the world has changed so much yeah yeah so even though you were so what was a chamber pot like like it was a kind of in the middle of yeah it was like well like a little bedpan that we you'd put on a chair and sit on it oh okay (laughs) okay i thought it was like something that we could oh sometimes it was just like a little bedpan you'd stick it under the bed and you just have to kind of yeah, stand over it. <laughs> but those are still wonderful times. Like it sounds like it was still a wonderful time. Like your nephew yeah, was young, it and was. was just yeah. you guys out there. Yeah, it was. the The world was such a a, a nice place at that time. It really yeah. was. It was yeah. very, very um, a calmer world. Yeah, a gentler world. Yeah, not everyone was on their phones. Oh. There would have been no <laughs> service we, out there. We never. We ne- when when uh, I was young. Uh, we had a phone, but it was a party line. Oh. We had three and four people on the same line. So you would get on and say, you know, who you wanted to talk to? You, you'd pick up the phone, and maybe one of the other parties would be talking. And you could hear everything they were saying. I would we, love that. But we, no, but we knew enough not to listen. I would it, listen it, it, all it was, day. I wouldn't it was, leave the house. It was, it was respectful yeah. not to listen because yeah. they didn't, we want, didn't want them to listen right, to of us. Course. So anyway, uh, you'd get on the phone make, to make a phone call, and if they were talking, you'd have to just hang up and wait and try a little later and see if they were still off the phone. Right. And then finally you'd have a chance to use the phone. I mean, it would be unbelievable today. Yeah. People it's wouldn't amazing. believe it. It's amazing. So is Uncle Ray's farm still there, or does he, did it get no, passed No, Uncle down? Ray's farm uh, was sold. Uh, <clears throat> my nephew... Uh, no, not my nephew. My cousin, Nick, came from California with his wife and, I think, four children. And he bought the farm from my uncle. Oh, okay. And they kept it for quite a while. They tried to farm it and grow vegetables and things. But then they moved. He got a job up in uh, New York State. So they sold it, and I believe a camp bought it. Oh, okay. Now, I've tried to go back and see it, but the road that go the private road that goes down to the farm is very long, and um, halfway down the dirt road, kind of got cold feet because we didn't know who was there and if they'd want us trespassing on their property. Yeah. yeah. So I don't really know what happened to it, but I know it's still there. Yeah. 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 Wow. It was a beautiful place. It sounded and, uh, like it. It had a great big old, old farmhouse. And <clears throat> it had a lot of history there. As I said in the book, the old, old farmhouse had been added to as the family grew. And it had all little tiny rooms and a second floor with a little tiny staircase that went up. And uh, a lot of petitions, a lot of little tiny rooms. And as I said, one of the rooms... The farm was used in its later years before my uncle bought it for, I'd say, homeless people. Yeah, right. People that didn't have anywhere to stay. They, they let stay them there. stay there. And they must have had some that had emotional problems, maybe, oh. because one of the rooms was painted blue, 
and it had bars on the mm. window. Yeah. So, but there were only, I think, three residents left, and they couldn't keep it just for three. So that's right. when they sold it. And they sold it to him. And my uncle bought it. It had um, a, a big tool house that my father changed over into a residence mm -hmm. for them. And the big, big farmhouse, he took down all the petitions that weren't supporting petitions mm -hmm. and made big rooms. And that's where we would all go and have those family reunions. Nice. What great memories. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, speaking of memories, this one's historical and not so great. December 7th, 1941. Yeah. You were 12, and yeah. your cousin came over, and you were playing upstairs, and then yeah. you went downstairs, and you saw your mother's crying in the living yes. room. Yes, yeah. And as we know, that was Pearl Harbor and start yeah. of... I'll never forget that day. Yeah. In fact, I have the radio that that news came out of. Oh, really? Yeah. That was my father's radio, and <clears throat> I inherited the radio somehow. And sadly to say, <clears throat> I, we took the innards of the radio out and turned it into a liquor cabinet, which <laughs> we shouldn't have done. because we I like that idea. We didn't even really drink liquor yeah. that much. But anyway... Oh, it's that big? It's it's like a, a cabinet. Okay. And it's all carved in oh. the front. It's got two doors that open, and that's where the radio was. Right. And he used to sit at the end of the couch, and the radio was right here, and he would I can still hear the Lone Ranger coming out yeah. of it. That, you know, yeah. song. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I have it. I have the radio. It's not doesn't have innards in it anymore, yeah. but I, now I keep... Um, like all my linens in there. Yeah, it's so nice that you yeah. still have the And structure. I have the um, my mother's um, little uh, love seat. That was her first, first wedding set, wedding parlor set. It had <clears throat> the love seat, a rocker, and a straight chair. Wow. My son has the straight chair. The rocker, when she moved... Nobody had room for it, so it got lost. I think we sold it for five dollars. Oh my god! But I have the love seat. Is it has it been refurbished? Yeah, is it the I, same I, I went through a phase in my life where I re refurbished all yeah. furniture. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I, so, so anyway, I, I have it, and um, yeah, I treasure it. I do. Nice. That yeah. is so wonderful to have. What a treasure. Yeah. So the of course, World War Two. You know, the U.S. gets into World War Two, and everyone. Played a, you know, everyone did their helped in oh, the they, war they effort. Certainly, yeah, they including did. you. And you left, you know, after school twice a week. You would. Can you explain what you did? I think it's so fascinating. You oh. were rolling the bandages, yes. right? Well, I would go down down city uh, from school. I would take the trolley down, and then I'd have quite a walk way up the hill and go to where PPAC is today. It's a theater, and. Um, there was a side door, and I would go in the side door up the elevator. <clears throat> and, of course, in those days, no matter what elevator you went into, there was a person that ran the elevator. Mm -hmm. There were no such things as, mm -hmm. you know, self-service elevators. Mm -hmm. So there was a young man that ran the elevator and go up to the second floor. And there were these women there, and when you went in, you'd have to wash your hands thoroughly. And then they'd get, like, a, a cloth and wrap all your hair in it because nothing could be contaminated. Mm -hmm. And then you'd sit at these long tables, and they'd have these big squares of gauze. And <clears throat> you'd have to fold them in exactly the right way so that they would measure like four by four or hmm. two by four or whatever they needed for 
for bandages. And so I'd sit there for quite a while, and maybe an hour or two, and I'd you know, fold them a certain way and this way and that way, and then we'd put them all on a pile. And it would take quite a while to yeah. do. And you couldn't a dozen. contaminate them. I mean, it sounds silly to say, but they were the actual bandages that were used. Yeah, for the, oh yeah, yeah the actual bandages. Over. So every, you really were helping out. I wonder now if, if it would be the same. If high school kids would go to, you know, wherever and, I, I and don't know. do the same thing. It seemed like back then everyone was happy to help. Well, Everyone you know, was in those days, it was a united country. Mm. Everybody, you know, pulled together and did what they had to do. Yeah. Like I said, my father became um, a, an, a air warden, warden. Mm-hmm. an air warden, an air uh, yeah. raid warden. Mm-hmm. And th- we had the sirens that came on, and uh, when that happened... Uh, everybody would have to close all their lights, pull all the shades down. You couldn't even light a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Nothing could be seen sh- shown. And there were three or four people in each neighborhood that would volunteer to do this. And he would go out and he would walk the streets and make sure that everybody's house was in complete darkness. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, they would put the sirens back mm-hmm. on. And, and that was so that, you know, if there were... They were trying to bomb a city. Yes. They couldn't see lights down there. Exactly. Were you scared? Well, in a way, but I didn't really realize mm-hmm. the severity of it. I yeah. think you know. Yeah. Yeah. But we would we would um, hear about what was going on in the war, especially if you went in those days to the movies, mm-hmm. the newsreel. You know, you, yeah. you would hear it on the radio, but. To see it, you'd have to go to a movie theater, and yeah. then they'd show you different things about the war right. and what was happening. Right. And so <laughs> World War II, you know, it's so, in history, it's like World War II got us out of the Depression, but it was kind of the opposite for your family. Your father was doing very well, and then the war hurt his business, it actually. Yeah. It's hard to get supplies. It was hard to get yes. business. It was the beginning of the end for him. Yeah, and yeah. It, it took a toll on his health. And yes. sadly, when you were, so you were 18, or you were 18 when he passed, or 19? Uh, I was 17. Oh, okay. Yeah, seven, well, I was just, it was even before I graduated from right, high school. Right, right. And yeah. you, it was your dream to go to Boston College. You did all of the work necessary to get yes, in. Yes, yes, But I did. because of the way things were, you know, it's good things, good things happen over time, and not so good things happen over time, and back then, if you had large medical bills, your family was... And that, I mean, that yeah. happens now, too, but yeah. um, they couldn't afford to send you, exactly. and you very unselfishly said, I, I don't have to go. I'll go to yes. Bryant for yeah. um, That's what secretarial yeah. school. Yeah. And one of your the memories that I really feel like I'm there in the room with you is when you bring the paper in for him to sign for you to go to Bryant. That's what it, that was, what it yes. was called, Bryant. Um, yeah. And he was very ill, and he was on his bed, and he signed in. He said, I thought you wanted to go to Boston College. Yeah. And it must have taken so much okay. to say... You know, you're so you were so unselfish, Junior. Like, oh, <laughs> it's okay. Well, I you know my what? Mind. I, all all my life, I've had to adjust. Yeah, and that's the way it is. I guess yeah. you just have to go along with what happens at the time. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes I wonder now. Of course, in those days, if it had happened now. I would have been all set because my mother would have been considered a single parent. Oh, okay. I would have gotten help. Yeah. But in those days, there yeah, was no help. Things were different. Yeah. Yeah. So. But you went on to live 
happy and yes. wonderful life. And yes. you've, you're, your poetry, beautiful poetry, is oh. in, there are two poems in Thank here that you. are extraordinary. And I can't believe you were so young when you wrote them. And you've painted your whole life. Yes. And I, I, I need a second book because I have to know what else happened. Ah. <laughs> I want more stories. Everybody, more everybody details says that. Because this kind that. of you know, ends yeah. in, like the late, in, in the 40s. Yeah, everybody um, says. So there I are many end- more decades we need. <laughs> well, I ended the book with, when my father died because that was, it seemed that was the, that seg- segment of my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, and yeah. I figured people really don't care about what happened to me after that. Yes, we do. <laughs> I, I, I I didn't want it to be like a, an autobiography. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted it to be about how we all lived and right. what happened. Right. So yeah. I don't know. I'm I have more memories of back then, <clears throat> and um, I just got an email from one of my cousins in in Texas. She sent for the book on Amazon. And she sent me a wonderful email, and she gave me such an insight. She said that when she was a little girl, she's two years younger than I am, I believe, and it impressed her so much. She said that when she was very small, her father took her to, to see my father when he was dying. And she said, I was afraid because I was afraid of death. But she said, when we got to your house, your mother came and greeted us with a smile, and she had a, on a beautiful, crisp, starched dress. And we went upstairs to see your father, and he was laying in bed, and his eyes were very sunken. He was close to death. And she said, but he smiled at us, and he commented on how big I had grown. And it really touched me. It almost brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. Because I never knew that. That was something I never knew. And I wrote back to her and said, you know, it put a whole new thing on how my father reacted to his illness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It gave me a whole new... uh, Prospect or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Perspective, perspective. And that he could that he could smile and compliment yes. someone even while. And he's... she said shortly after that he did pass away. Wow, what a testament to him! That, yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, we. Um, I remember, you know, when I had to go in the room when he was dying, and uh, it, that always stayed with me. Yeah, and you were very young, and you never wore black again. Never. Really. I'll never wear black. No. That's amazing. Because I had to wear black. In those days, you had to wear mm-hmm. black. So for a I long was only time after that too, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't, but I, I, for the funeral, I had to wear black. And I went down city by myself. I think I was about. I think I had just turned seventeen in okay. June, and this was October. And I went down city, and I had to look for a black dress. And uh, I bought one, and I wore it. And all my friends from high school came to the wake, and they all commented, oh, you look so good in black. But I hated it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. after that, I never wore black again. Amazing. No. I, For I don't, 70 like, more years. I never wore black. Maybe once in a great while, if yeah. I had to, I'd wear a, maybe a black top, but not ever, really. Yeah. Wow. Never, wear, never bought that little black dress again. Well, I can't wait to hear more stories oh. from after that, from the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, oh, wow. through the 2000s. 
I know you have so many more, and I can't wait to read them all. But if people want to correspond with you, oh, can yeah. they, fi- they can find you on Twitter, right? We mentioned Junebug. Well, I don't do Twitter that much oh, anymore. Okay. But I, they can uh, email me. Oh, okay. I, like I say, if they want the book, they can get it at Amazon. Right. Or I, um, what's the other one there? Barnes & Noble? No, the uh, electronic one. Oh, on Kindle? Kindle. Yes. Yeah. They can get it on Kindle, and if they buy the book, they will get Kindle free. Oh, okay. So, and I, I like feedback, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Where can they email so you? So my, my email address is junefrancis at verizon.net. And it's Francis um I-S or E-S? E-S. Okay. June Francis at Verizon.net. Yeah. Very nice. Well, Grant's grandmother, Granny June, real housewife, <laughs> super fan. She's amazing. You're ah. amazing. Oh, thank you. And I'm you. so thrilled that you made it to L.A. Oh, from I Rhode am, Island. too. And I am got too. to meet you. I'm, I always enjoy watching you on, on oh, the After we Buzz. we had so much fun. And we yeah. loved when you would call in. Loved it. <laughs> it was the highlight. So this yeah. is such an... An honor. And the book is wonderful. Again, it's My Italian Family, Life in the Past Lane by June Flory. Thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you a lot. And this is Book Circle Online. Again, I'm Fern Rone, My Italian Family by June Flory. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.